There's a place here at the table Your coats go by the door You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor I hope you wore elastic Cause your waistband's gonna get tight Take time's done, we're having a night Happy New Year! Year. We're back, guys. We are back and better than ever. Yeah. (laughs) I'm really excited for 2020. I'm so excited for 2022, but I feel like every time I say this to somebody, they're like, yeah, but it's an election year. Like, oh, well, really? Yeah, but hopefully things will come out well for uh, once. Uh, well, but, you know, we're here to talk about food, and yes. this is why 2020 is going to be great. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so in case you forgot, I'm Ari. And I'm Sophie. And you're listening to Having a Night. The podcast dedicated to reviving the lost art of the dinner party. Ooh, guys, by the way, before we really get started, if you like us, if you love us, why don't you rate us on iTunes? Why don't you rate us on iTunes? Well, we've never really asked them because I we're know. so, we keep it real and we're so sweet. But now we're asking you 2020. If you like us, please do give us a rating because, you know, here in the podcast world, it's really hard to get the word out. And one of the only tried and true ways is to have a, a good rating. We love your support and we love you all. And um, show us a little love, too. Yeah. Um, it, it would help the cast. Okay, but only if it's going to be five stars. I mean, come on. If you're going to give us like three and a half, don't bother. Can you even do half stars? I, I don't know. For okay. sure. Okay, here we are. New Year's Eve was only a week ago. My head still hurts. Oh, gosh. Did you party hard? Did you have a night? I partied real hard. I had a night because as my friend said, as my friend Strasser said, he was like, yeah, I mean, you did what you always do when you get stressed, which is you start cleaning and drinking, which is exactly it, right? Cleaning like, and drinking. Meaning, like, the dinner is going on, and suddenly I'm in the kitchen <gasps> washing pots and pans and, like, drinking champagne. Sophie, we have myself. to stop this. We, <laughs> we have to stop this. It's do you terrible. Want, is it a weird thing where you want people to leave, or it's just you need to be doing something? Not at all. It's just I think I need to be doing something. And you I see the I'm, mess, and you're like, this can't be here. And I'm like, everybody's having a great time. It's fine if I sneak off and clean and drink. Nope. <laughs> it's not. It's terrible. Yeah. But, um... It was really fun. We had quite a night. It ended at karaoke at like three thirty, which was, you know, just as you've what always was planned. supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. I was in LA with my boyfriend's family and his extended family who's mm-hmm. from out there. And so we had more of like a low key night. Still a beautiful night, but it was me and the five of them and uh, Chris's younger sister and her boyfriend was there as well. And then his aunt and uncle were there. Um, and they rented a house in Venice that had this beautiful roof, and there were fireworks, and we spent a good deal of the night up there because it was pretty temperate. Yeah. And they had, like the um, this kind of outdoor fireplace, we were like wrapped up in blankets. It felt very LA winter Perfect. chic, but it was kind of an early low key thing. People were feeling a little sick, and oh. did you guys last to midnight? We did. Okay. We did. All right. Yes. Because I know there are those people who are like in bed by nine. It's the way I like my New Year's. No, no, I've never been style. one of those people. Me neither. I need to hear your menu. Okay. How many people? 16 guests plus me and Harry's. We were 18 total. Three vegetarians, two of whom are sort of more pescatarians, so that made it a little bit easier. Sure. The theme was Spanish, so the whole night was Spanish. We started with cava. We had Spanish reds, Spanish whites. We had a lot of chorizo, a lot of olives. We did a big seafood paella, Mm -hmm. so that was like the main event. One pan? 
One pan, it's sitting right over there. Oh, I see it. Yeah. So oh my God, bought, do you own that? Yeah. Wow, that's a huge. A 22 inch paella pan. Oh my goodness. Which, guys, if you want like a great way to feed a lot of people, a huge paella pan is the way. Yeah. I mean, it's ginormous. You could feed more than 20 people with and that. And it's gorgeous, sure. too. So, we did a big seafood paella, mussels, clams, shrimp, meaty white fish. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. We didn't have the right recipe. So luckily everybody was drunk enough that they thought the paella was delicious. I'm sure it was. The recipe though, so I found this recipe on the newyorktimes.com. It was some like paella of the sea or something by a guy. And his theory was that you need this flavor bomb. But the flavor bomb was, it had sherry, a bay leaf, like all kinds of stuff. But it also had three tablespoons of smoked paprika. Huh. Which is way too much smoke. Kind of that goes in like you're toasting it in the oil before the rice goes in. So saute the onions, put in the rice, put in the broth, seafood broth, obviously. And then you have this like sherry thing with all this paprika Uh and like some saffron. And then you pour that in. But like you couldn't taste the saffron. You could barely taste the seafood broth. All you tasted was smoked paprika. That was a little bit of a letdown for me. So that happened. I hope nobody noticed. Um, Chorizo? No chorizo because oh, of the pescatarians. Huh. And that was the other problem that I realized is that this recipe called for a pound and a half of like chorizo or assorted oh, yeah. pork. Yeah. So I think it would have just been different. Yeah, it would have maybe that paprika would have evened out more. Exactly. But that's okay. That is yeah, that's okay. It's sad though, because I do feel like one of the joy one of the many joys of paella is having that meat seafood combo. Absolutely. Because when else hard. are you going to surf and turf? Yeah, in a bowl of rice. Exactly. Ooh, yum. So we had that. We had a bunch of Spanish cheeses, and then we did a, just a big cake. Our friends Sam and Sarah brought over like a huge cake from Billy's Bakery, mm. which was perfect and such an easy... Oh, but... What? We did the Perone. Okay. Thank you yeah. so much. Shout out to Carl Hess. Shout out to Carl Hess. We peroned the fuck out of this dinner. Do you my, have pictures? I mean, my chairs are now covered in red wine drippings because oh, shit. the one thing I would never do again is per- try to perone another person. It's very hard. Yeah. Peroning yourself, not so bad. Peroning another person. Even if you start with the spout kind of in their mouth. Oh, just for our listeners who haven't listened, uh, who don't know what a perone is or haven't listened to the Carl Hess episode from season one, go back and listen to it. It's a Spanish wine pouring vessel that has a spout kind of like a watering can. And you you, um, use it and you raise your arm up so the spout gets really long and you try and drink as much as you can. It's like a drinking... Festivity. Yeah, it pours like a really thin line of wine into your mouth, basically. Yeah. Wine or whatever else, but I don't think you could do it with anything. No, wine. Than wine. It's definitely a wine thing. So it was great. It was so much fun. It was a really big cleanup. I also think like doing a seafood situation is tough because then you're just mired in shells for the next five days. Yeah. But it was totally worth it. It was also fun because the group was very mixed. Like, there were some people that I didn't know that well because other friends had invited friends. So it was like nice to have a big festive New Year's where we didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Tell me what you guys ate. Well, I mean, saffron across coasts. We right. made, so we got to this Airbnb 
And there was a cookbook there, uh, Malibu Farms cookbook, which is this beautiful restaurant on the, I think it's on the pier in Malibu. I haven't actually been, but everyone talks about it. It's like this woman started it and maybe she was a caterer, but she has her, her farm, blah, blah, blah. So this gorgeous cookbook was there and I'm like, good, I want to cook something from this book instead of, you know, browsing the internet for hours and not being so indecisive. I'm just going to pick a recipe that satisfies everyone. Done. So the, there was this grilled, um, remember I was talking about how I wanted to use citrus cause it's winter and I'm going to be in LA. Um, a lemon honey saffron chicken Ooh. grilled and we have this grill on the roof. So we made that. I think I used too much saffron. I like tripled the recipe cause there were, I think, um, nine of us or 10 of us. And, um, you know, it just said a pinch of saffron. It was one of those cookbooks that I really admire. And when I envision, you know, if I were to write my own cookbook, I'd be like, ooh, a, a pinch of saffron, like dash of salt. But totally. then I'm like, but how much saffron? <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like, like if you have much. Michael McCarty fingers, a pinch is different than our fingers. Exactly. Right. Totally. Um, so it was slightly too much. Also, I think I had marinated it. I don't know. Maybe I put in too much honey too long because like th- these babies hit the grill black. They wow. they burned. So, but that is a good tip that if you do marinate chicken and honey, that the skin will crisp up faster oh, because yeah. it sort of caramelizes it. Yeah, I would almost recommend um, doing like almost a reverse sear. Maybe even putting sous vide them or putting them in the oven low, yeah. cooking them through, and then just doing them really fast. Or I'm just so them. hungry as you're talking. Oh my about god, this. Jesus! <laughs> I'm so happy I can do that for really? you. <laughs> um, and then uh, Chris's younger sister and her boyfriend really wanted to make cacho pepe, so they did that, and it was so good and so sweet and a really good lesson for me heading into this new year to, like, stop being such a control freak because, you know, the Italian in me is just, like, watching them being like, what are you doing? <laughs> but, but just, like, I was like, Chris, just, like, you know, rub my lower back and, like, tell me that I can, like, just do my thing and this is not my dish and totally. I, we can share the kitchen. It is not my responsibility. It's incredible it was great. how hard that is for us. Oh, my God. Because it's, Harry has to do the same thing to me. He literally has to be like, Sophie, it's fine. It's like, fine. Just calm down. Yeah. But how did we become these control freaks and what do we do about it? I, <laughs> I think mean, I became one because of my dad. Sorry, daddy. It's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think I've always been one and, um, but I think I've been convinced I'm not one. It's very complicated. I talked to my therapist. Well, because I think there's a thing of like, oh, because you're really chill. Exactly. So you must be chill in the kitchen. No. 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 Yeah, I can I'm be actually chill not at- chill at all. I just like <laughs> have really cultivated a personality of being chill to disguise my inner core, which is like a fiery ball of control. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Also, so like, that's my personality breakdown. Exactly. Me this. <laughs> um, so we made that. I'm. I went to Justo, which is this incredible, incredible bakery in um, in Venice, and we got this great like miche loaf and then some local ricotta and just started really simple. We didn't want to be slaving away in the kitchen all day because it was so beautiful there, so we made ricotta toast with drizzled with honey and olive oil and salt, cacio pepe, and just did a big kale salad with lots of grapefruit and mm. avocado. Perfect. Yeah. And Delicious. It was great and really... Simple, And I, I thought of you often because I was like, I kept freaking out that we didn't have enough food or enough variety. And then I was like, no. Sophie would be like, no, no, no this is enough chicken and this chicken and salad and like a first course of pasta. It's way more than enough. 
it's one thing, like, it's so nice to spend the whole day cooking when it feels like a luxurious experience, but when you're spending the whole day cooking because you're stressed that there's not enough, right. it's not fun. Right. And like, then I think that also comes across in the food Yes, that there's a certain level of your angst when you're watching people eat it of like, well, I hope you appreciate how much I put oh into my this God. as opposed to, yeah. right. If it's like some ricotta with some beautiful herbs and great bread, it's like, Hey, it was easy. And I'm still excited to see you. I'm not like pissed off and want to lock myself in a right. room. Right. And my satisfaction or like self-worth is not calculated by someone else's reaction. Yeah. I don't need affirmation. I just, cause I had, I had fun making it. Yeah. That was all that was needed. All right. So that was New Year's. Okay. So here we are. It's January. Mm-hmm. Ari and I don't do dry January. Yeah. But because my birthday's in January, I find it really hard to do. I mean, I don't have that much willpower. If my birthday wasn't in January, maybe I could do it. I just don't see any reason to do it. Yeah, me neither. You know, it's like I'm not worried that I couldn't drink for a month. It's just like sometimes you're going to a party and it would be nice to have a glass of wine. So Exactly. And we've talked about this before, but I think any kind of restrictive dieting, it's just not for me, not for us. It's just, I feel like encourages bad habits. Extremism. Yeah. But we know that a lot of people do do a January that feels very healthy. So we did want to give a little nod to that and talk about hosting in a way that feels good for your body, but is still super generous of spirit. Yeah. And abundant in flavor and the amount of food and freshness and feels light and healthy, even though that word healthy almost feels toxic now, but without feeling diety or restrictive because look, we all overindulge in the holidays and there's nothing wrong with being like, I just want broth. We have a lot of great healthy recipe ideas and dinner party ideas because I think you should still try to throw a couple dinner parties in January, even though you might want to just, you know, curl up with your poke bowl in front of your Netflix show. I think it's important to, um, not think of it as like a punishment or, um, some kind (laughs) of like solitary combinement, uh, right? Like it's still, you can still, um, entertain and enjoy yourself and enjoy your food. Totally. Um, when it's later. So we're going to talk about some menu ideas and the importance of that. Yeah. Well, I also think going off of that celebration is like the only way to actually survive the winter. Like you have to have friends over and see each other and like eat a stew. And even if you're just drinking sparkling water, like you just have to feel a little festive because guys, winter lasts for like six months in New York. This is why I want to have a Christmas or Thanksgiving party for my birthday. Because once the holidays are over, you're just faced with this bleak three months and you don't have that cheer to look forward to, which I hate. It's not like New Year's ends and suddenly the tulips bloom. It's like New Year's ends and suddenly you're like, oh, I'm looking down a really long, a long road. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So let's talk about exciting, healthy, good feeling. Okay. I'm going to stop there. Um, menus. Yeah. Because I'm, I don't think like Oh, to be healthy, you have to cut out all carbs. Mm. I think it's just like maybe you're eating a little bit less bread, maybe a little less cheese, maybe drinking like a little bit less, but you could do such yummy stews. Yeah. Let's start with stews. Okay. Since you just mentioned them. Yeah. Because stews are super healthy. And I think the one thing we always are advocating for is just making your own stuff. The end, if, if there's an enemy in food, it's, you know, the overly processed fast food industry and snack industry. It's anything you really are making from scratch, unless it's like, you know, the 
mac and cheese with hamburger in it, like is going to be good for you. Also because you see how much you're putting into it. So if you're putting in eight tablespoons of butter for one serving, you're going to know that that's not healthy. Right. Whereas if you're putting in one, you're like, okay, I understand what went into this. Yes. I'm not afraid to eat it. Yes. So in terms of stews, I'm not a beef bourguignon person. I'm Hmm. just going to throw it right out there. I've never had one that's not dry. Let me make one for you. Oh, baby, I would love that. Mm. So, but I feel like that's a very classic, you can just leave it on and it simmers for ages. Yes. What about a coco vin? Love it. I made it for New Year's last year. So good. So good. And very fun to make because in the French style, like very particular, you got your mise en place. It just feels like, and then this goes in and then this goes in and it's always delicious. And it's a great combination of like throw everything in a pot, which is what a stew is, but you get that (laughs) methodic way (laughs) of French cooking that feels really satisfying. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love I, doing a long mise en place. It's so... Because then you know that you throw everything in. Yes. You know, it's like, oh, it's the best And feeling. you feel like a little Julia Child. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Chopping those onions. Yes. <laughs> There's a great Italian stew. I can't remember what it's called. My mom makes it a lot that... Um, Kind of like a coca van, but there's more, lots of tomatoes mm-hmm. and tomato paste and um, onions and capers and sometimes some black olive. Ooh, almost um, like a puttanesca. Yes. One thing I ate a lot in LA uh, because Chris's family is out there is Persian. It's a lot of great Persian food, amazing Persian stews. Yes. Fesinjan is this delicious, hearty chicken stew with walnut and pomegranate and pomegranate molasses. Mm. It is so, kind of like a korma. Yeah. It's so good. I mean, any Indian recipe. Absolutely. Anything Indian. I made a sag paneer last night. Mm. And like, that's also a good vegetarian curry to make. And all of these things you can make a beautiful rice on the side with herbs or with like a bunch of dried spices that you throw in before the rice is cooked. Saffron rice, of course. Of course. And don't be afraid to eat rice. Please don't be afraid to eat rice. No, rice is the answer. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So yeah. in order of lightness, any th- right, like you can do a really great Thai curry, of course. Yeah, coconut milk, anything. Yeah. Um, Korean, I, I would say my motto always with um, trying to eat somewhat healthier without wanting to sacrifice anything is to get your flavors from spices, yep. from aromatics, not from fats and proteins. Also from slow cooking things. Mm-hmm. Like the longer you cook things, the more those flavors are going to concentrate, which is delicious. Of course, sometimes they leach out. Yes. But like if you're roasting something for a long time, you know, you think about a chicken that's been roasting for like really, mm. really low and slow. It's like those flavors are just going to, oh my God, I've really. I, I am starving. Shaking. So, okay, moving away from curries, yes. curry stews, anything that goes over rice. I was also thinking about um, roasting vegetables yes. with yogurt, tahini, always so easy. This is the time. Yeah, and you can funk, funk, funk it up. You can funk up your flavors by using different herbs and spices yes. always, obviously. I've been using this mixture of gochujang, which is this kind of like popular new, it's not new, it's old, but this Korean um, paste, it's like a chili bean paste that right now is having a moment in New York City and probably uh, all over, but mix that with little oil, I think honey, garlic, and you can marinate, just toss rather some vegetables in it before you roast them. And it just gives you this kick of spice and heat and umami yeah and sweet a little mm, sweetness that sounds so, so good miso roasting things with miso oh, i know i was thinking about like 
doing a salmon with miso, black cod with miso. I really want to do the black cod. I didn't know this, but I think part of how you get that funky, um, sweet thing that uh, uh, Nobu is famous famous for for is you have to marinate the cod for like four days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also not sure if black cod is overfished. I'm not 100% sure. So I, you know, check it before you buy it. (laughs) Right. But I think like any kind of fish in that's so yummy Mm -hmm. or like any slow roasted salmon. I also have to say for healthy eating, if you're not vegetarian or trying to eat less meat, chicken is your best friend. I mean, a roast chicken or a bunch of roast chicken thighs so easy, mm-hmm. so delicious. You can pair them with anything. Yeah. I mean, even just with salt, like even just salt and pepper and a great green salad. I mean, I'm in heaven. Yeah. And so if you do skin on, you can get the skin so crispy, yeah. almost like a fried chicken. Ooh, butternut squash soup. Yes. So roasted good. butternut Dreamy. squash. Dreamy. But just butternut squash soup with a little bit of ginger. Mm hmm. So good. Very pureed. Mm hmm. Ooh. Put some, um, a little bit of creme fraiche or even like um, that really thick, delicious coconut yogurt. Yeah. That would be good. I like that idea to do it with the coconut yogurt and then do like kind of a, like a Japanese flavors. So do like a sauteed cabbage. Then you could do the miso glazed anything. You could do a warm soba noodle salad with tofu and Woo! scallions and a peanut dressing. I'm doing a dance. <laughs> We're here having a party. Yeah. Oh. Ooh, you had also said a whole roasted head of cauliflower. I mean, yeah, there's this great um, Israeli restaurant here, Miznon, which is also in Israel, and I think in like Vienna, but they do this whole roasted cauliflower. I think first they boil it and then they roast it. That's what you got to do. Because that makes the inside really creamy. That's also how they do it at ABCV. Yeah. So good. And then if your friends are vegan, vegetarian, you could serve it with some beautiful like uh, flatbreads or whole wheat pitas or just regular pitas. And then, you know, different sauces. You could make a tahini sauce, a labana. You could do some delicious green herbaceous sauce and just so many herbs on the table. Yeah. Just a plate um, of herbs. Cut chilies. Mm-hmm. You can do, I mean, dill always. Wow. Ooh, congee, congee. Yes. Yeah. Have you made congee? I have. I used to make it, but I haven't made it in a really long time. But, like, that is so good. It's so good. And you can kind of do a DIY topping situation. Some mushrooms are always great and some yeah. kanji. You can always do um, uh, pieces of fish, different vegetables. Oh, it's so, so good. Go- good and sliced soothing. Sliced ginger, sliced scallions, mm-hmm. sliced peppers. Some bonito flakes. Mm-hmm. And, like, a really good chili pepper sauce. Yes. Like Chinese style. Ooh, really I'm going to go to that Japanese market downstairs. Oh my God. I'm getting, I'm, I'm sorry. You guys, my head is hurting. I'm so hungry. <laughs> um, this is also the time you guys, when you're thinking about these meals, stews, soups, etc. This is the time when you make your stock. It's so nice to have a full day, just sitting at home, making a stock, letting it bubble. It really feels like you're doing the something Great. So <laughs> yeah. wholesome. Yes. Oh my God. It feels very noble. She'd be like, I'm going to make a stock today. Yeah. I'm going to simmer a stock all afternoon. Yeah. We made a big chicken stock and a big dashi. Mm. And like, then you just use them as the basis for everything. everything. And instead of having that moment where you're like, oh shit, I have to run back out to the market to buy stock. You're like, I have some in my freezer. freezer. Yeah. Just, and just make huge batches and then put them in your Tupperwares. Yes. I did a chicken stock that uses a whole chicken, which was my ultimate dream. It's mm-hmm. so yummy. And yeah. then the actual chicken itself is like falling off the bone. Yeah. You can use it in salads and like anything. Yep. 
We used that and we made a lentil soup with some leftover chorizo. Oh my so God. Good. Yeah. So it's like really Yum. smoky bread lentils. So yummy. I have an idea. Tell me. I'm dying to do a DIY sushi party. Mm-hmm. So invite a bunch of your friends over and you get a bunch of those like bamboo folding uh, things that you use to mold the sushi. And so you'd make a big pot of sushi rice because I think a lot of people might be like, wow, but what do I get? Well, you get some sushi rice. You get some nori sheets, Mm -hmm. um, toasted nori sheets. They come in packs. You've got to find a good Japanese market or not. You could probably find some stuff, maybe even Trader Joe's these days. Yeah. I mean, Whole Foods sells nori sheets. I think a lot of markets do nowadays. Yeah. Get some... um, Rice vinegar, uh, because to help season the rice, get some uh, toasted sesame seeds, and then go to your fishmonger and get, you can get some ahi-grade tuna, some salmon, or um, some trout, whatever fish is local. Yep, some um, roe. Yep. Oh Avocado, cucumber, gobo. Mm-hmm. Gobo is my favorite thing in sushi ever. Yes. Pickled burdock. Ooh, yes. It's yummy. You get some pickled taro root. You could even um, get... Um, Make some roasted sweet potato. Yeah. That would be good. And then you just kind of could put all of the toppings in the middle and have your pot of rice and just kind of stand around the table or the countertop and everyone makes their sushi and then you cut them all up. So everybody gets out. to try everybody's. Exactly. I love that Wouldn't idea. Wouldn't that be so be fun? so fun. I mean, listen, it's not going to be like going and having a beautiful omakase. It's just going to no. be yummy and fun and interactive. Exactly. And, and, and healthy and light. And you could do yeah. miso to start and different mm-hmm. ponzu and a soy sauce. And really yummy. I mean, miso soup is really easy and you can also do a seaweed salad. Yeah. Nothing more than seaweed salad. Me too. In fact, I had one for lunch. Also, Chinese New Year is coming up January 25th. Dumpling making party, of course. <gasps> They're so easy. I've never made one. Well, the, the thing is you have to go and buy wonton sheets. You can't, you totally can roll it out yourself. That's something that I would not commit to. Mm-hmm. But You draw the line. And then you just, I draw the line. But then you just get ground pork. You cut up a bunch of scallions, chives, um, like do a little bit of soy sauce, yes. sesame oil, like, you know, I mean, you can look up online Beautiful. a million different ways to do it, egg even. Yeah. And then you just make little dumplings. You just, it's like making ravioli where you moisten the end mm-hmm. and then you fold it into a half mm. crescent. You know, I think so good. this time of year to throw a party that is, involves people, it feels crafty, it feels DIY is really smart because we've all just been kind of sitting and eating. Yeah. So to so do true. something that feels like we are making. Yeah. I also would like to say sauteed greens this time of year mm-hmm. are like your best friend. And also what a great way of being healthy is just like always having fresh greens that you can just readily saute. So like, you know, you can saute them with Indian spices like cumin and coriander seed and fennel seed and like turmeric. You could saute them in coconut oil. So yummy. Will you just walk me and everyone through how you do it? Because you are so much better at sautéing greens than I am, and I've always I don't think that's true. I just always feel like there's a they let out so much water, and there's like a puddle. They're always in a puddle of water. So okay, first let's let's do like Italian style, just like sautéed spinach sure. with garlic and chili flakes. So first, I would wash my spinach super super thoroughly because I buy it in bunches. Yes, I don't have to buy those gigantic clamshells. So it's like. Big leaf spinach, it's not like baby spinach, which has absolutely no flavor. Don't bother with it. So make sure it's super clean because there's nothing worse than grit. Mm -mm. Oh my God, it sucks. It's like, I'll do that and then I would have to throw out the whole batch. 
So then drain it, but don't drain it too much. Cause that's the key is to have like a right. little bit of water still on it so that it kind of steams itself. Right. So then I'm going to get my olive oil, be very generous with it. Um, pour it in the pan when it's shimmering, you don't want it to be like smoking, but when it's simmering, I'm going to put in my garlic. So I would pound my garlic, like crush my garlic, but I wouldn't put it through with yeah, through also a my press. burn if it's exactly. too small. So then I would throw that in there, let it get a little bit brown, add the chili flakes then. Okay. Then I'm going to take all of my spinach and I'm going to throw it in. Okay. Let it saute, saute, saute. Um, Are you using shrink tongs? down almost immediately. Yeah. So I'm going to use my hands to put all the spinach okay. in there. I'll probably put it in in batches because it looks so voluminous. Mm-hmm. And then you look at it. It's nothing. It's literally nothing. Yeah. I mean, a I bunch think of I person. bought four bundles of spinach to make sog for two people. Wow. Crazy. Yep. Also, wow. How much iron am I getting? Oh, I'm strong like Popeye over here. <laughs> so then put it in. Don't cover it. If you cover it, that's how you're going to get so much water in there. Yeah. And then I would do it over like medium high heat. Yes. I think that's why a lot, a lot of, you get a lot of water in the bottom. Right. It's because the water is not boiling off quickly enough. Yes. And you're maybe overcrowding. So batches and high heat is probably key. Exactly. And then you're just going to know when it's done. And like, of course there's going to be a little bit of water. Like once it starts to sit, it's, there just will be, but hopefully it'll be like, bright green, very viscous water. That's basically just like olive oil, garlic, chili water. Sure. Sometimes it's kind of brown. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Sometimes it's kind of brown. That's okay. And that's okay. That's okay too. I was thinking about the fact that we haven't done a vegetable of the month in a really long time. Let's do it right now. So it's more like vegetable of the year. Yeah. (laughs) Let's start 2020 off right. Um, the having a night podcast resolution is vegetable of the month. Okay, that's we're holding each other. First to episode it. of the month, Great. every month. Should we do a sweet potato? Yes. Hit me with it. Talk to me about sweet potatoes. <laughs> All right, sweet potatoes. You know, I have. There are a bunch of different varieties. I am partial to the Japanese kind, which are usually um, lighter in color. Sometimes they just look white. Sometimes they're kind of purpley. Um, I find that they they are just like a little less sweet and almost lighter tasting uh, than a regular sweet potato. More starchy. Yes. But sweet potatoes are just a great winter vegetable because they grow right now, but also they last forever. Mm -hmm. And then you do feel like some, I always think of myself as like, you know, some old domestic wife in a time before refrigeration. And it's like, I go down to the cellar and I have these potatoes and they're still good. Totally. Except I, they're just in my bag in a pantry. <laughs> um, uh, there's so many ways to cook them fast and slow. So it's a good thing if you're in a hurry and you need a side dish. Let's say you get home late from work and you're really hungry and you want to cook something that feels more healthful and nourishing, but you don't want to like, I don't know, open... Uh, boil some water, make pasta. It's a great carbohydrate to have on the side. You can just, I do this often, poke some holes in the top, put it in the microwave, split it open, and I just, you know, maybe put some olive oil tahini on it and some sesame seeds. Wait, now how long do you put it in the microwave for? And do you poke it with holes all over or just on the top? I think you have to technically just do the top, but I get scared and do all over. I like... Take out my aggression of the day on the sweet potato by stabbing it with a fork a lot. Then I put it in the microwave. I'll probably start with like three minutes. Okay. 
If you want, you wow. can put it in a bowl and like put a wet paper towel over it, but I've found that actually that doesn't make a difference. So just put it in a microwave safe plate. I've never done this because literally when you were like, or you can cook them fast, I was like, wow. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> I definitely would never say no, you can't to you, but. Uh, but the problem with that, that's like a creamy sweet potato. So that's yes. like if you're making something else with texture, like let's say you have a crispy roast chicken thigh, that would be a great Ooh. thing to kind of have on the bottom. Or if you have something more soupy, it's almost like a mashed potato type side. So you want yeah. more texture from someplace else. Yeah. Um, you could also put like crispy shallots on top of it to get, mm-hmm. or, or scallions, give it some texture. Um, any kind of nuts or seeds are great. Um, I would say add like, yeah, a fat and an acid and a crunch to it. Yeah. Obviously cubing them and roasting them is, there's nothing better. Yeah. I always do rounds instead of cubing them. Oh, I never do that. Really? Wow. I got to do that. Oh, I just feel like, cause I like to have a bite that's like a full chew. Do you know what I mean? Like I want to be able to bite into like a big round. Wow. Have you considered spears? <laughs> no. Oh, I'd never spear. Really? It reminds me of, I hate of a, fry? a steak fry. <gasps> I oh my God. Hate I hate a steak, a steak fry. fry. I was explaining this to Chris like two days ago. I hate they're the worst. I'm glad to just get it out in the open. No, Wait, why I, do you hate them? Because the inside, first of all, they never get crunchy enough on the outside. Soggy. It's like I'm just eating like a lump of a potato. There's no like verve or zing no. there. You know, it's like, give me a McDonald's fry. Yeah. Give me a really, really like deep fried fry. Yeah. Like Anything a triple fried works, fry. Like a trip, that's like my, that's my kryptonite, but like a steak fry. I don't get it. And in fact, they think that they're somehow attractive because they're so big and there's still skin on them, but they're disgusting. And don't they also make you feel it's only happens to me with potatoes, but like you have a, you swallow too much potato and it feels like you're going to have like a yes, heart attack. Exactly. It's like stuck right <laughs> yeah. at the bottom of your esophagus. What is that? It's no. so, no, avoid, so avoid. That's why I would never do a wedge because it, <gasps> I have PTSD from, from wow. steak fries. All right. So no wedge for me, just the rounds and the rounds. I mean, you can cook them in any kind of oil, any kind of seasoning. Again, the theme here is like, <laughs> if you use a vegetable, you can use any kind of seasoning. Yes. Kind of, right. Um, and in terms of health benefits, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I think they're really good for you. Right. And they're sweet. So it gives like an extra added. I think if you're eating much, if you're eating fewer carbs in January, because it's new year, new you Uh sweet potatoes is such, it's like, it feels like you're still having something kind of decadent, if you will, but still, I don't know. Is it within the whole 30? I'm sure it is. Yeah. I think all potatoes are. People love those. People love those sweet potatoes. Should we talk about dessert? Because we're talking about being healthy for... Yes. Because you still... You don't want to have people over and not offer them something sweet at the end of the meal. I've experienced this before and it's not pleasant. Uh, (laughs) Um, Well, you always have the brilliant idea of doing like a really good dark chocolate, just like a little treat or like... Um, a yogurt situation with a nice homemade granola. Yeah. Um, what else could you do? Well, it's it's winter, so you're not buying berries. Guys, please don't buy berries. It's the middle of winter. Oh, oh, that three-ingredient chocolate cake that we used right. to make. Right. We haven't it's made that in so years. so good. I actually just bought the ingredients because I remembered it. and was like, fuck, that was good. Wait, what's in it? Eggs, like a chocolate bar. Yeah, and, and butter. Oh, my gosh. So it's a stick of butter four eggs and a half pound of chocolate. Like this is to serve many people. It's not yeah, just like for one. For one. <laughs> the mug we recommend it for breakfast. Um, 
It's so good. So you whip the eggs, you melt the butter and chocolate together. So like it's dark chocolate, 72%-ish. You can do it over a double boiler or just like, you know, in a microwave or low in a pan. Mm. Then you whisk it all together, put it in a springform pan, which you wrap with silver foil, and then you put into a... Um, into a dish with water. Water, sure. So that, you know, you kind of steam it and bake it. And then you put it into an oven at 375, 325. Let me see what this says. 325. Mm -hmm. And then you cook it for 22 to 25 minutes. And it's so gooey. It's like eating a gigantic chocolate truffle. It's so good. Yeah. So I think that's that's a really good one to do. I genuinely don't consider that unhealthy at all. Yeah, and pair that with like a dollop of creme fraiche or home unsweetened uh, heavy whipped cream. Exactly. So good. And it's like a dollop. If you think that's not healthy, you're being crazy. Yeah, don't be cruel to yourself. So I think that's good. You could do poached pears. Yeah. Because like poached pears and honey or maple syrup, so it wasn't like refined white sugar. Yeah. I've never done this, but some kind of sorbet or like um, granita or something. Definitely. Chop up some popsicles, shave some popsicles. We heard that tip once. Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, literally get out your cheese grater and just shave popsicles onto something. That'd be cool. Um, What else? I mean, apples. Always. You can do an apple crisp. That's so simple, so easy, so yummy, still very homey. Mm Mm-hmm. It's funny though, I feel like after the holidays, I want like fresh tasting foods, even though it's not really the season. Exactly. So I think for Tricky. dessert, it's nice to, if your meal is like a stew, it's nice to have, yeah, like a lemon sorbet, like something with a little zest and zing. Exactly. I've been saying that a lot this episode. I mean, yeah, some freshness somehow. Oh, what? Banana whip. What's that? So you freeze bananas. Yeah. And then you get out your food processor. You put them in the food processor. You can cut them up or you can leave them whole. You put them in the food processor. You literally process them until they are the consistency of soft serve. Really? It's incredible. It's so good. So you just food process it. It's very clear when suddenly it forms like a ball. Oh. And it it looks like a ball of soft serve. But you can also add cocoa nibs. You could add like... Coffee beans, if you wanted, you could add a little bit of vanilla. You could add like other fruits, I guess, if you wanted. Um, almonds, almond butter, like anything, and that's so yummy. That does sound it's really, really good. good. And it's just bananas and cold. I always want cold, especially yeah. after a hot bowl of stew. Let's say, yeah, exactly, <gasps> something cold and yummy. Yeah, yeah. but if you want to do bananas. something hot and something fresh, as I mentioned, citrus is is not local, but it is fresh right now. Just make, you could make like, I love a blood orange cake and just have like a small mm. slice. It's so yummy. You know? Yeah. And don't put too much sugar in it. Yeah. Cause I think that's what it is, is it's just maybe if you're eating things that are really healthy, eat as much as you want. Like if you're just having a big plate of greens, sure. Have three plates worth, but like you can still eat a piece of cake. Just have it be a little smaller than it would be on Christmas day. Yeah. Right? Amen. Amen. Um, Something else that I was thinking about is if you want to host people, a fun thing to do in the winter and a fun way to get people out of the house is to do like a big brunch party. Yeah. Like do a big daytime hosting thing so that people can still sit on their couch at night. But, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe they've gotten out for the day and do like a really big frittata. Yes. Um, and then I was getting into thinking about drinks and I wrote down turmeric lattes and wow, I'm embarrassed you did. that I wrote that. You but are such an LA girl. I know it feels very LA, but it also feels very warming. 
like a little bit of ginger yeah, and turmeric. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I made I made a homemade chai that I made concentrate, and then I just put it in my freezer. Smart girl. So you could make that. All, I don't know. You could just get funky with drinks, but without being like Bellinis. I think that's. I think we did pretty good for hosting for winter. I love January because I do. I, these are a bunch of flavors that I love. These kind of more not American, non-Western flavor groups with all these stews, heavily spiced things, and now is the time of year to cook them. And introduce your friends to new flavors and have them over. Yeah. So get out there and throw yourself a midwinter dinner party. Midwinter dinner. And please, if you throw the sushi party, let us know. Take a picture because <laughs> we want to do it too. Um, so thank you to Colin and Rebecca and to our folks at Ad Large. Um, that's it. Welcome to 2020. Thank you for listening. See you next week, guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.